Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are here to talk about yet another disappointing Sunderland performance. I'm getting sick of saying that now. Lots of things we want to discuss tonight, so we're going to crack on with it. Um, joining myself and Gareth Barker is Chris Riverspoon. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Um, I haven't really had a chance to keep right on top of the group chat today. I didn't realise you were joining us until I saw the tweet with your name in. So I must have missed that. I've only been... Cheers. The problem is you get like a thousand messages when you haven't checked for ten minutes or something. That's true. You, in, you, must, have been actually, you must have been doing what we should all have been doing and actually doing some work in your real job. I was, yeah, yes, I was, Christopher. I worked very hard, thank you. So what was your reaction um, when you saw that I was joining? Was it just desperation? Well, I just thought, oh, we must be um, scheduled to talk about the the takeover situation. Oh, bollocks. The, Great. The finance sign has gone up. Excellent. Yeah. That, that's, the and, sound uh, of, that's the sound of <laughs> listeners tuning out. <laughs> no, I think um, it's what they want, Chris. We are given the, the given the listeners what they want. Great, we are indeed. Um, we are also joined for Wise Men Say debut by Melissa Johnson. Howdy, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. And you, not too depressed after the weekend's result? Uh, I've just about just about got over it, to be honest. Have you? But uh, a Monday evening wine was um, not just a, a good idea, but an incredibly positive one. More positive than um, than Parkinson could have made. So, but yeah. You waited until you waited until now to have a drink. Oh no! But normally, <laughs> <laughs> normally Mondays for for kind of quizzing and Nigella and uh, kind of having one day off at least, but. No, not after that. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Glad to have you along um, tonight. How long have you been going to the matches for, Melissa? Just giving us a quick sort of uh, set the picture up for us. <laughs> How long well, have you been watching the lads? Because we've, we've got varying ages here amongst our group. We've got some young idiots and we've got some older people like myself and Gareth who get called Dars. <laughs> well, I think, um, unfortunately, I'm under the kind of the umbrella of the idiots um, in comparison. So um, I think I went to one game at Roker Park. I was born in 1992. So I went to see Aston Villa Reserves 3, Sunderland Reserves 3, which was <laughs> absolute corker in its day. So um, so I've had a season ticket since the day the stadium I opened. Um, varying away games to Wigan on a cold January, which is always good fun. But yeah, since since the beginning of the stadium light opened and it's got to the point now where at least when I was younger, um, I couldn't go out and have a cigarette with five minutes to go being that depressed about it. But like, it's becoming a weekly occurrence when we actually get back in there. So, so yeah, I, I can't even count how long. 90, 97 when the stadium light opened. It so. was. It was indeed. So yeah, yeah ever since then, <laughs> not, northeast getting, corner. Need, Gareth, we need to get all the guests, you know. I think we need to rethink this. Because this just this just continues to make us feel all odds. Does it just show that we're really progressive by getting younger people in? And uh, we understand we've got a, a range well, that, in terms of know, the ages. With obviously, Miller's has been through the intensive sort of admissions programme, so it'd be a bit late now after we've invested <laughs> in like the vaccinations, etc. That she's had to have uh, to get involved in all the tests, um, and she's passed that. And we've invested a lot of money in that, so obviously, you don't really want to renege now. We're invested yeah. in it. We just it's great how you had to introduce that after Rory and Matthew got on board. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, we've got to make sure that you know everyone's protected against them. That's why. They, that's why they live next door. That's why they live so close to each other. It's like it's like a, like a quarantine zone. We actually we actually pay for their um, mortgage and uh, rent actually uh, just to make sure that they're very in that compressed space together uh, to keep them under 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 wraps. Uh, to make sure they don't cause any sort of problems in the wider area. So, 
That's our own form of shielding, isn't it? Yeah, keeping them shielding, away from the yeah, wider keeping them away from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I was I, I was I was going to say there's a there's a sitcom idea in there, but I don't want to give them ideas. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> right, all right, and like lots to get through, like we said. So um, we've come on here um, when we've had some disappointing results, Portsmouth. Um, uh, the defeat at MK Dons last week, and we were talking a lot about Parkinson's approach to the team shape and how all nine's been playing centre half. Um, Gooch has been playing wing back. That was lesson one he did seem to learn, firstly, because Luke O'Nine went back to wing back, had a good game. Maguire and Gooch played either side of the strikers. I thought first half both were excellent. Gooch had a stonewall penalty um, turned away, and I thought Maguire looked really good. Even Conor McLaughlin playing in a position, really, the only position I would probably play him on the right of a back three. Even he was getting forward and playing well. So before we get on to how it all went wrong, um, that was a good first half performance and a brilliant goal. Who are you asking, Stephen? Just anyone. <coughs> you're supposed to, by now, you're supposed to just come in and... I know, you know but I don't, like, don't want to, like, you know... I'm not, suppo- I'm not queuing <coughs> people in, no. No, I, I never queue people in. Come on, why I'll, do you take, I'll, I'll take some ownership? In. I'll die. Come in. on. I thought, yeah, no, I think that's fair. I thought, half-time, I think we were all sat there seeing that's one of the best we've played this season. I thought um, they they barely got an hour off. I thought, I still think, and it, it'll be our downfall, I still think we don't... Despite the where the goal came from, we don't really create enough through the middle. It still really is focused on getting the ball wide. But in fairness, like they, they couldn't get out. We I thought we battered the first half. I thought first first ten minutes and that it was like finding our feet, then after that it was all us. And um as much as like me and others have like criticized the team selection, like you can't really um Criticise that on Saturday because it should have it should have been two 0 because we should have we had a stonewall penalty it should have been given I still don't understand how that one on Gooch wasn't a penalty and yeah I mean I think if it's not the best we've played it's certainly the best we've played since um, since the crew game when everything everything's kind of taken a dive since then and and yeah it should have the frustrating thing is we were sat half time really happy with the performance but we were all also thinking and saying are we gonna like are we gonna live to regret not like kind of building on that sort of pressure that we've had and as it happened we um, we did well I, I, I it's strong statement but i agree i thought it was the best performance of the season would you agree with that melissa yeah i definitely agree and i think that's what kind of makes it hurt a little bit more you see um parkinson coming out at the end and um, obviously last week he said he was livid but his face didn't tell that sort of story to be honest um, it's good to focus on the positives but it, like we said that's what the sucker punch was I really do feel like we went in at half time really kind of elated and especially the kind of goal that was scored it wasn't just kind of it wasn't scrappy we were totally on top um, it, it just fell apart to be honest and the thing that constantly worries me whether or not we're playing well I'm, I'm quite a big sceptic on the basis that if we're not four up with four minutes to go I'll yeah. still be expecting us to concede so yeah. I still have that kind of mindset but at the same time every week when we go in even when we've played really well in the first half I can't help but think what's Parkinson saying them at half time that's just totally possibly demotivating them because yeah we, we, we weren't bad in the second half but it's just the same story over and over again I, just, I did think we were great maybe Charlie Wyke might have should have done a bit better in places and 
Um, there's little niggles where I do think that basic lack of control still exists, but it's to be expected. But yeah, I thought we were, I thought we were absolutely fantastic. And even a skeptic like me was on top of the world watching Grant Leppard put that in the back of the net. So yeah. Um, me kind of cynicism died off for a bit, but it came back fairly quickly after after that. It was getting. I it think was getting it's, it, like it, it, it shows us that we don't shoot enough because you you mentioned Chris that we 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 almost you know we we still lack that cutting edge a bit, and I think we do. Um, and you, you both just rightly there said as well. We all sort of start to think right if we're not going to score a second before half time, we start to worry knowing what's gonna what's gonna come in in the second half. But Grant led but shoot. I mean, it's a, it's a. <laughs> that's, it's it's a postage stamp, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not suggesting I'm not suggesting for uh, midfield is going to hit the target like that every time, but it does show you. I think we don't shoot anywhere near enough because that, if a team is worried about you shooting, then they they try to stop that happening, and that does open gaps up. If you just try and work your way into the box every single time, it becomes easy to defend against. That's generally that's definitely the most I've that goal is the most I've enjoyed football in a long time, which is like just because it was. Like I, I, it's an absolute corker of a strike, and I know it was like I don't know what we do. I, I feel like all season we haven't really had much to get excited by, even even because even the games where we played well in that, like, like Saturday, we've missed like a nation of chances in that, and you're constantly kind of on edge. So that like, like that was like I don't know that that was a really if it, it, it's annoying because like what Melissa's touched on there it, at half time that that happens right before half time. It's a, it's a massive boost, and you kind of think, and just go on from there, just go on from there. But I, I do think, like, I agree, it's been like a theme of like Parkinson's reign. But I also think, it, I think it's a theme since we came down here. Like under Ross, there was a lot of times where we we should have blown teams away in the first half, and there were a few times we did. But there were, I mean, we we used to we it was the running joke, wasn't it? Like we'd be one 0 at half time, we'd finish one one, and it it's like the same, it's the same thing again, and it. I think it's. I don't even know that it's it's the manager. I I, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to defend him, and I'm sure we'll go on to it, um, because I think he has to take a fair chunk of the blame. But I also just think like the players that you have at this level, they are like they're naturally inconsistent, and we 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 haven't we haven't got the players that have shown they can play for ninety minutes at a time. And if we're not capitalising when we're this far on top, we're, we're going to ruin it. I think we. You're right to an extent, Chris, but I think, like, on Saturday it was very much. I look at sort of performances in the team and think, like, Flanagan had an okay game, it wasn't great. <clears throat> thought Wright was fine, thought McLaughlin had a really good game. Um, didn't think the, the two wing backs did anything wrong. I thought Scone was excellent, and I thought Ledbert alongside was excellent. Um, but. And the front three in the first half were excellent, but the reason they were was because I'm, un, I'm not saying that Charlie White was excellent off the ball, sorry, on the ball, but on the ball, he was doing all the right things and try, he was trying to do the right things. And you can forgive that if, if people are working hard. And even in the second half, there was a period where White was, you know, running back into our own half to try and tackle one of their players. Now, there comes a point where you just think the manager has to to help them out. You know, all that hard work that those players have put in. Like, yeah, it hasn't come off them on the day. And we didn't play that as well as we should have in the second half. But in terms of work rate, I mean, Scone was... I thought he was just, you know, they called him the rat. And that was was the first time we've seen him as doing that role. And he really was ratting around people, (coughs) 
wrapping his leg around people, getting the you know nicking the ball away. Um, and I just thought like when that goal went in at the end, the guy was watching and could see just like scoring, just trudging back to the halfway line. I thought like I bet he's thinking, "Cheers, mate," because like it was apparent from about sixty minutes that they needed to freshen it up. And yeah. I understand that if you want to yeah. press, if you want to press, that's fine. And I understand the idea that pressing's not a simple thing, and it's about a unity and a, and and those players obviously understand the way each other play. And if you change too much at once, it's going to counteract. But there's no way to say you can't stagger that change. And we got the opportunity to make five subs. You could bring, you could stagger it five minutes, bring one off, bring one off, bring one off, and just, you know, keep that consistency at least until well, one gets in the game. I, but I th- we we just like Wright was just dead in his feet, and it was I just felt bad for him because the ball was going up to him. Yeah, and he couldn't retain mm-hmm. it. Like he, it wasn't like he was. It wasn't because he wasn't trying; he was just knackered. He just couldn't. He couldn't do it anymore. Exactly. It wasn't definitely wasn't for lack of trying. And I think on a side note as well, just something I thought was really impressive was from Bailey Wright to, coming in um, as captain again. His reaction post match when he really you could see it on his face. He said that the lads are really feeling it. They're hurting, and there's times where we've got we have sleepless nights. So it's not for a lack of trying a lot of the time. And I think a lot of people think sometimes they look at them and go, they kind of be chewed. But I think they really can be. And I think that was a good example where we can show that we've got enough motivation in us to kind of to bring it when we need to. And sometimes, yeah, it was sloppy for the, the goal we conceded. But for the most part, that unity was there. Yeah, yeah. They, they, needed, they needed help. Like I've said, I think, I think you know, Bailey Wright and Flanagan were both poor for the goal. Um, but, you know, I think we could Wright all see this coming a mile off because, as I've said, once... once if you, if you once, go across, once, he went across six, to block the ball minutes. and it bounced back in. And that, and that was a bit unfortunate, I thought, right. Flanagan got the wrong side okay. and left, let the lad in. He, sort of looked, he made it look bad. But, yeah, sorry. 60 minutes. I think, you know, you're right. I think 60 minutes. Um, we all knew this was going to happen. Um, not because Doncaster were any good. In fact, you know, I, and I share with you in the group chat, I've, I've got a friend who's a Doncaster fan, and he said that's possibly the worst. He said it's possibly the worst he's ever seen them play. <laughs> he said they, they, they were so so bad, which which you know to me is it's it's worrying because you think is it because we were good or did we just fail to put a team to bed who was so bad? Sixty minutes in, Charlie Wake cannot make the ball stick. Now it does not matter what level of football you've played at, you've coached at. You've, you, it doesn't matter if the ball does. It's it's one or one, isn't it? Yeah. If the ball is not sticking with the centre forward, and he's getting it taken off him, you need to make a change. You need to put somebody on. You can make it stick because in those times late in the game, it just keeps coming back, and you just needed somebody to go <coughs> and just keep all of the ball for a couple of minutes and relieve the pressure. It's basic. The managers kind of spent. Two months romancing Danny Graham in the summer to try and get him to the club. I was just about to say that that's that's a <laughs> most, that's the most infuriating thing. Like it's not like it's not like like I know you're saying it's one on one there, Stephen. So we should know anyway. But it's not even like it, it's not something that's at the forefront of his mind as a manager because it's it's the entire week. How could it teams not be? No, that's what I'm saying. Who, who wasn't watching this game? Who wasn't watching this game from a Sunderland perspective and thinking make a change up front? That's what I mean. After because about his whole no, his whole no. game plan is based around that. It's based around getting the ball to stick up there and getting people wide around them. So how on earth you couldn't see it? And like the thing is, like like Gareth, uh, Gareth touched on it there before. Like this is a theme of like. Of his management, not even just with substitutions, like 
we've we've talked before about like um like when we've had midweek games before a big game at the weekend and he's refused to change his team and understandably we've looked knackered the, the following Saturday and ended up getting beat. Like we've done it twice against Portsmouth. We've probably done it more, I can't can't think off the top of my head. It's as if he's got he's got a plan here and that's it. Like he's got he's got a plan and that and if that doesn't work, well, tough. Like like you say on, on Saturday, you know, we had the luxury of five substitutes to use. You could see we were crying out for White and Gooch to come off in that second half. Like anybody could see that. I don't I, like like you say, Stephen, I don't understand how anyone can look at that. And certainly with White, not say, look, it's not working for him today. Take him off. You've literally, as Gareth says, you've spent all summer bringing in a bloke who does exactly what you want him to do right now. So why not get him on? And it's just, and that's what infuriates people. It's not like, it's 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 the concern that actually the manager doesn't know what he's doing. That's what, and that's what infuriates yeah. people. I think as well, I think it's his culture and it's his personality. Whether that's his personality, that's fair enough, but I can't decide whether he's delusional or whether he's just that stubborn. I think it really is. It's like a stubbornness about him. Like, I don't know, sometimes I can't work out whether he actually knows what he's supposed to do, but he's thought, no, I've said it, so this is what I'm going to do. Same with the McGeady situation, whatever your opinion on it is. Like, he said, well, this is what I've decided, so I'm going to stick by it because I'm not going back on my word, whether that's that's part of his thing. It yeah, just feels like everything's predetermined. Um, yes. It feels like everything's predetermined. It's like I'm not. I'm just gonna do like it's. There's no. There's no understanding of like how the game is flowing, and what he needs to do in that situation to try and alter something to to make it more beneficial. It's almost like well, we're just gonna do this, and then on this at this minute, I'm gonna make this substitution. And at that minute, I'm gonna make that substitution. It just all feels like. It's already Where's his coaches and his, his assistants? Well, well, but, you know, I, I mean, it, some people might think it's a bit rich. It's like, you know, us saying this, like when we've got no experience whatsoever as a, you know, as uh, in, in that in that field, but it just feels absolutely bizarre that, you know, I, I'm sitting there watching the game at the weekend and just go and change it, change it. And there's about everybody do you don't think something it, do you don't fans think it's sitting a there saying thing, the same though? thing. What? How can't how can't he see it? And you don't help yourself. Do you not? I think some of the criticism of Parkinson's been harsh, but what you know, you don't help yourself when when you do that, yeah. and and it just bears people but out who are after you. We know that when he came in, we were told, "Look, it won't be pretty, but you'll scrape you you'll scrape your way to wins." And I mean, we're not even doing that at the minute. But that that was the whole thing. But like to me, and this is like I'm sure we'll go on to like keep him second and whatever else but like to me one of the issues from day one with him was like to to manage us in this league I think you need to be like you need to be ambitious in the way you approach things like but for better or worse fans aren't going to stand for like eking out 1-0 wins and scrap, scrapping the way to it just because has, has Bolton broken him because he spent a lot of time there he spent a long time losing every week and this was something I was brought up when he first came in that has got to do something some, to, you know, this, this is your job and you're living it every single day but, and then you're getting beat every single week that has you know, you're only human that has got to do well, something he's, he's to your mental state and to your attitude he said it himself didn't he can you remember this time last year but everybody wanted him out, like, fairly, I would say. But everybody said it wasn't working. Everyone wanted him out. And he was asked about pressure, and he turned around, and he said, this isn't pressure. Pressure is when you're not sure if the staff are going to get paid and this, that, and the other, which is right, and, it, and it's it's a good attitude to have. But 
But I, I think you're right, Stephen. Like this, like he's been at a place which is an absolute disaster. Like that's got to have an effect on him. Now, oddly, when we hired him, I actually thought that was a positive for us because I was like, well, he's just walking into another shit show, so at least he knows, at least he knows um, what to deal with. <laughs> and the, but the problem the, the, for me, I think like Ross suffered from it. Ross Ross looked quite ambitious in the first half of the season. Then we got more and more negative. We got more and more cautious. We got more and more focused on knock on scene, and eventually it was his downfall because. Like, Gareth will laugh at this, but like, we had that old phrase from an evening we went to when somebody said we'd rather lose four yeah, three yeah, than win one nil. But it's kind of that sort of attitude. Like in this in this division, like it's it's not really acceptable for us to keep scraping one nil wins, and probably because a lot of us can tell that that's not how it works here. Like we're never. Yeah, it, it looked great for a few weeks, but now it's not working. We need some sort of change, and we haven't seen it. I think what it's say about it's 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 interesting, like, and it's uh, I think it's it's the stubbornness that Melissa said as well that just infuriates. I don't know if Sorry, it, I don't even know if it's stubborn. Like I know what Melissa's saying about stubbornness, but I don't feel. Well, I, don't be, even, I don't even it, feel it, like it's stubborn. He can't. No, I don't think he, it is. Like it's. Nee won't be that. It just it just seems like a. Like I don't feel as though like stubborn would suggest like people tell him to do something different. He's just going to do the opposite. I just think it's like, some sort of. Like he's just got the blinkers on. Like it's not yeah, even a stupidity. Yeah. It's just he's so like got such tunnel vision on how he wants to do it. And I think the problem is, and I know there's we've we've missed a large chunk of the football, you know, due to COVID. And but he's been here for like over a year, and he did have a good spell in that. He had a good, a ter- an absolutely diabolical start. For two, like I say start, that's stretching it. And then he had like a really good two and a half months. And then it, but we just haven't. And then he had, he's had a decent heart first half of the start of the season. And then he's had a really bad second half start of the season this year. It just seems though, he, it's, it, it, it seems, that, you know, fans often. It's in short, like the thing is, fans often don't know what they're talking about. <clears throat> Sorry, go on, Steve. Fans don't often know what they're talking about. <laughs> no, generally, football fans don't. Like, you, you think you, you think you know, and then and then and then you don't, and you, you think you want a player to come in the team, and you think he's better than he is, and when he comes in the team, he's terrible. Like this happens all the time, okay? But it seems with Parkinson when he first came and he was going on that massive run, and we weren't winning games. And fans were saying, "Stop just hoofing the ball into the corners. We've got better players than that." And now, whether it was related to the to the the, the statement that fan groups put out or not. Around that time, he decided to stop launching it in the corners and he decided that he was going to trust his players to play a little bit more and we, there was an upturn in form. This season, again, it's like we've been all been saying, stop playing all nine centre-half, stop playing people out of position, put them all in the right position, put Maguire and Gooch behind a striker. And he's done that other weekend and we've been absolutely brilliant first half. The third thing now... <laughs> make some substitutions this needs to be the next thing he needs to start doing and, and you, you think it, it could be so easy for him it's not because like, you, mm. you know we'll get on we'll get on to now whether we think he should be sacked or not but you just think he's doing something right because of the first half we, we were outstanding when he played those players in that certain way it's the third thing now he's not doing by making these changes which a blind man could see that he needed to do yeah. that because the ball's not sticking and you just think you don't even have to do that much from what you're doing Phil but you're not doing it and that that's the frustrating bit. That's the thing. I feel like 
no matter what's going on within this league and the players that we've got, mistakes do happen. And this isn't the first time any team, let alone us, have conceded with like less than a minute ago. Sometimes these sort of ridiculous things happen. But if we put the chances away and if we had a little bit more going forward or a little bit more pace, it feels like you're not putting yourself in that sort of position, especially in the situation we are. And that is down to as well, not making the substitutes when he, when he needs to, when he can see this tired legs out there. It's it, it, it's a main it's a main thing, and I think we we wait as well. We we'll we'll come on to it now, and we'll have a quick break. I want to talk about the ownership situation. So, you know, frankly speaking, we we put a poll out now, and we we've back Parkinson, and and I think for the reason like I've just said there, I don't feel like he's a million miles away. But if he's going to keep making these mistakes, he's he's you know things are un, starting to unravel unravel from very very quickly now, and I think I've I've sensed a, a turn. Um, I don't think it was there a couple of weeks ago, like some people have said, but I, I've, I've sensed a turn now. Over fifteen hundred people voted now with Paul, and he's 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 he's, he's struggling. Ninety three percent of those people want him sacked now. Are they all legal So I'll votes? just go. I'll just go around. Well, well, actually, we had somebody um, reply to us saying I pressed the wrong button. I meant to say I want him sacked, and I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> so that's at least one more vote that he, he doesn't have going in in his favour. Whether or not um, any more postal votes will come in, I'm not sure. Um, but um, we'll go around now, and I'll just ask you all, Chris. Um, uh, ordinarily, let's forget about whether you think the club can afford. We'll get on to that. No, 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 no. What I was, what I was going to say, what, what I was going to say was, I think in any other time, I mean, truthfully, I don't really think he was the right bloke in the first place. But he's here. In any other time, I would say yeah, because it. it Every time we get close to those automatic promotion spots, we blow it. We, we don't seem capable of taking those chances. The issue I have with it, and I tried to articulate this on Saturday, and I think people took it as me back and I wasn't. It's that, okay, sack him, but the next guy is going to be on a high end and nothing. Unless, unless the structure changes, the next guy is on a high end and nothing. We're not, <laughs> I honestly don't see the point in sacking him right now. Is that for external reasons rather than his performance? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I think, like, if, if we were just taking it on his performance alone, he's been here over a year. And to Let's me, just go on that. Okay, Let's well, just go on that. If we go on that, then, then yeah, you should go, because we, he's been here over a year and we don't, look like, we don't look like a team that's capable of getting promoted. And that was the only okay. reason he was brought in. Gareth, let's just go on performance. What do you think? On performance? Yeah, well, because we're going to discuss the external factors in a minute. So it's not really an answer at the minute to say, well, no, it's not, not a second because you can't afford a second, which none, even, of, us think, none like, of us think. It's not even that. I just... I'm just so indifferent about him. Like, I feel as though we're in stasis. That's, that's how I feel. I feel we've been in stasis yeah, since, 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 since April 2019. That's how I feel, and it's like... We're not going to move... He, Phil Parkinson could get Sunderland promoted but it might take him eight attempts that's not good enough do you know what I mean he could yeah. he could he could conceivably get Sunderland promoted and it could be this season especially given that start we had and like the chances we've 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 messed up to to, to get into that top four top three um you know, it it kind of implies that this season is going to be the season, but like really, it should be given the fact that we're eight and you know three points off second. Um, so I mean, on performance, 
a few weeks ago would have said no because I would have said it's harsh because you know he's he's done fine. But when you look at his record overall, you'd have to say, well, if he was sacked because if so, if Jack Ross was sacked because it looked like he wasn't going to get us promoted when he was sitting fifth in the table, you'd have to say if we're sitting eighth in the table now, after Parkinson's had the best, you know, had forty odd games, you'd probably have to say, well, I mean, how many points would we have? If if he played if he had a full season of games sixty seventy points, that's probably yeah, just scraping. That's probably just scraping seventh sixth. Yeah, you know we could have been in the playoffs last yeah. year and talk about last minute equaliser. I feel like we've had loads in this league where we've chucked it, and like you know the Gillingham game. We, in the Gillingham game, we hang on to that. We're in the playoffs in that curtailed season, and we chucked it. So and we keep on chucking it. But would that have been the best for us? Well. Who knows? But so that I've given a really long-winded answer, not given an answer. But I almost feel I'm like sure you answered the question. What's your decision, like it's, it's like taking like a <laughs> you know a puppy and drowning it in a lake. Um, <laughs> but I would probably at this stage. I'm probably being a being a responsible farmer and drowning the the puppy. Yeah, I know what you mean because I'm sympathetic to him because, like I say, I think it's just. It's one little thing that he's not getting right, but it's costing us points. It's too you con- can't afford it. You too, want to get, up, get promoted automatically. You can't, you can't afford it. He's too consistently not doing the things he needs to do. And like you highlighted earlier, Stephen, it's not just one thing. It, it, it's, 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 there's too many factors. And as Melissa's pointed out, like at this level, there are going to be flaws in the players, there are going to be flaws in the managers, and you can accept that. But it, like, it just feels as though... like. Are we missing something? Because the, it was so such a basic thing to do in the game at the weekend to change it. Yeah, and we didn't, mm-hmm. and it just it's just baffling because you think like, what what is he try what's he trying to achieve by not doing the obvious thing? And if we hang on to it, you can go well, yeah, we we hung on, great, and you, we would be sitting here having a different conversation, but we're not. And it's we're not having that conversation too often to give them the credit. My 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 opinion on that is that I still think we would be having the same conversation. We would say we would be saying we got away with that. Why didn't he make any changes? Personally, because we could all see it at the time. I don't think it's being wise after the event. We were all screaming at the telly, weren't we? I don't think it was a Sunderland fan. I wasn't screaming at the well, telly. Every time the ball the Charlie White came straight back. People being complaining about the subs for well, from from yeah. months and months and months and months. So. You know, going back to Your Lauren, on the going, back to, going back to Lawrence de Bock coming on um, it, it, uh, against Bolton. Um, <laughs> oh God! So that was, I think that was the <laughs> that was the the moment he should have been sacked. Like as he, as the board went up, <laughs> as the board went up when Lawrence de Bock's number came Nightmare. up, that was the moment he should have been sacked in that Bolton game. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, carry on, Melissa. I know, but then I saw that. Um, I hate to sound like a, a copycat and stuff like that, but in terms of what Chris has said externally and all, we'll get onto it. I totally agree. Um, I don't see um, anything particularly 
progressive and positive in sacking him now doesn't mean that he's definitely not going to be sacked eventually. I just don't think it's the time for it unless this sort of thing ramps up. I'm not particularly bothered if it had been like it was maybe like a month ago when we were, we were winning and we always knew I didn't want him as a manager, but I'm fairly, like you said, I'm fairly ambivalent. I'm fairly apathetic to it, like I think a lot of people are. Um, and that's what kind of worries us a little bit. Like, we're, I don't think at the time, well, I might have thought a little bit at the time, but I wasn't this kind of on a crusade of Jack Ross should have gone this time. And I do feel a touch bad for him. I know that kind of goes against the opinion of lots of people, but I do feel a, a touch bad for him. But the main thing is, this isn't just kind of a one-off. And it's like, you can understand when things like that happen, but this is becoming more consistent. We've, we've ended up, we've lost more than we've drawn. So if you look at it like Jack Ross was drawing too much, well, maybe we're losing too much and all. It's not kind of like, it's, it kind of speaks for itself. Um, and I, I do feel for all the players, no one likes to get beat. We don't like to get beat. But in terms of performance, it, it isn't good enough. Um, I think it'll take a while for him to go. I don't think um, it's a kind of once and done. Um, maybe we should have kept on hold of Ross for a bit longer, but I remember just from years ago, I, we were brought up in a time when we had Peter Reid for such a long time and that's sort of like what people would class as a golden era. I remember Howard Wilkinson coming in and me thinking, is this what football really is? <laughs> I, thought, I thought everything was like rosy and golden. I thought this is like a once in a lifetime generational point where you've got a rubbish manager, but we'll start again. And then it's just been a constant. So people have been asking about, well, who do you think the potential candidate was? There's been more come out today for about Phillips and and Pearson and stuff like that, which always comes up again every six months or something like that. We don't have, like, same as the takeover, we don't have a crystal ball. Um, if we did, we'd be getting paid a lot more money. But for me, Parkinson, uh, he doesn't get his frustrated and angry like a lot of previous managers have. I'm not at the that's David Moulton's phase. You've been beaten yes. over years. That, that's, that's, it, that just says more about your mental state than anything. Um, exactly. I think, you know, <laughs> just finishing up on this, I think it's really interesting that, you know, uh, part of the reason Ross was sacked and Methven was really vocal about this on, on the second season of Sunderland Until I Die, actually, saying, you know, we're sick of seeing the same thing. Sunderland go a goal up, try to defend it and then conceding and getting a draw. Where's your research? Where is your research when you are appointing a new manager, giving him a very important job? Well, your, re- this, your research you know, this, is that he, um, he did a good job a keeping Colchester in the Championship. That was the research, Stephen. Yeah, which was untrue, well, exactly. You don't remember, exactly. It, was, it was the best CV they'd ever seen. Yeah, well, yes. it, must, it must have been fabricated if it had that on it. I just think, well, you let's, know, let's... And when we go on about this with recruitment of players and recruitment of managers should be the same. I think that, that on, the Pearson, on the Pearson and Phillips thing, by the way, I know there's an element of romance with the, the Phillips part of it, but it wasn't, from what, what's been... From what, 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 what I've heard... We've been told that that wasn't an impossibility when 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 Parkinson came in. I would mm-hmm. say it was. If we wanted to do it, we could have done it. That's that's basically what I yeah. think. A few a lot of people have been told, and I yeah, think that's in that's, gra- to- that's in that's not even like a, a fantasy thing that could have happened. And let's not forget that Pearson went to Watford in the Premier League, Premier and we League. and we turned yeah. down. Essentially, let's- we just turned down that opportunity. And we sacked, we sacked Jack Ross, not because of his results, let's remember. It's because we ballsed we up the biggest yeah, exactly. opportunity that we've ever had as a football club, especially in the modern era, 
to become something again. We balls it up because the people in charge don't care about the football club as much as they pretend they do, um, because they pretend they do to, to, you know, to get people, you know, to to so people like them. Make so money. people like them. <laughs> they want to be friends with people and want people to pat them on the back. But ultimately, the the modus operandi is, you know, to to make as much money as possible from this. You know, it was a gift horse taking over the football club for them, and they've done that. And they had an opportunity. They had an opportunity with that takeover to get it done, which they could have done if they wanted to, and they decided for whatever reason that you know they're going to be clever and and messed it up. And then after that, you know, they had an opportunity to appoint somebody like Nigel Pearson, bring Phillips in alongside him, and opted for a different option. The reasons for which, well, I think are probably cleared everybody with a brain, but obviously, you know. You know, the, the, all the stuff that gets discussed afterwards, you know, and all the stuff that gets fed by people in the football club who don't work at the football club anymore, apparently. You know, I think, you know, it's a good job you get unlimited texts and minutes now because I think a certain somebody is probably sending about 50,000 texts to about 50,000 different Sunderland supporters telling them this, that, and the other, even yeah, though he's well, worked at the football we'll, club. We'll, 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 we'll get anyway, on that sorry, now, I've just gone on. I've probably, I've probably stolen Chris's thunder there. No, I was going to say it's actually it's quite nice of Gareth to take the to take the legal hit on this one. So I'll, I'll just step no, back. Chris will Chris will uh, develop that in a minute, right? Um, <laughs> we'll have a to- tosh line. So tosh line is at the door. He's uh, coming to arrest me. Um, for the Dars. Quick, quick break. <laughs> quick break now, and then we're going to come back and spend five minutes just talking about this whole takeover situation. Welcome back to the Wise Wednesday podcast. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, takeover situation now. Firstly, Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot because you just said you're really bad at this. Oh, no. um, I want you to not talk about the owner, but to talk about um, Terraceware. Oh, Terraceware. <laughs> well, it's very, it's, um, it's very cold in Costa del Concert today, so I could have very much done with some attire from, um, from the terraces. Costa del Concert? Is Concert on the coast? Can you say that? No, he's trying to oh, make out that no, it's hot, um, Stephen. You've missed the, <laughs> being you've missed sarcastic. The no, I get that, but you know, works for Costa del Seba because right. it's on the coast. Okay, well, I don't know, the desert of Concert, will that do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, wi- the wilds of Concert. <laughs> I, told you, I told you I was very bad at this. Um, <laughs> yeah, the point I was trying to get across was um, I would have been much colder, was it not for... My attire from uh, from the terraces. Indeed, and what what attire is that? Do you want to tell us about it? What are the kids' um, sizes yeah, like? Well, I've got a very uh, fetching. Chris. Pardon. What are the kids' sizes like, Chris? Snug. snug. Thank you very much. <laughs> snug. <laughs> He's wearing one uh, now. Well, I've got a very swamped. fetching black. Go on. I've got a very on. fetching black jumper from um, from from the terraces, but. Um, I'm sure Gareth can enlighten us as to the the newest range because because I can't actually remember. <laughs> well, you don't need to buy the newest thing and buy the oldest thing because they're all of their yeah. time. But that's what and I that did. Time is now. Um, so this one's for Matthew and yeah. Rory. Fill your basket um, at from the and receive ten percent off by using the code WMS ten. So if you use that code, you get ten percent off your. Terraceware. Basket. Basket, Stephen. Out of curiosity, Harris. <laughs> Out... Sorry, what was that? Out of curiosity, I was admiring the look of uh, 
I was admiring the look of Rish Carter recently in the uh, in the thirties. Do they do cravats? It's very crisp from the terraces. Cravats. So something to think about for the from the uh, for an early twentieth century chap. There you go. Adap- I think adap- adap- I'll look, Chris, and go and yeah. do it. But go and get your from the terraces your branded jackets, uh, your long sleeve polos, your jumpers. Pomade. That's what you. The kind of stuff you want to be thinking about this time of year. Okay, Talk so about ten percent off. It's yeah. nearly Christmas as well. He always has a Black Friday sale as well. So yeah. I know we'll plug on the, the the discount that we can offer. But it, it remember what next weekend or this weekend is. So just a heads up. Chris normally does something for that. Right. Okay. I just want to quickly go over this because what I don't want to do is speculate massively when I think there's probably a desire for Sunderland fans and the press to speculate massively over um, a potential takeover. Um, it was clearly leaked a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was, that you know there's a chance that Tory's bringing in this this ban um, so he can use Sunderland as a toy, um, and then quite quickly. It's been followed by apparent interest from somebody else, some American guy. Chris, um, your thoughts on this? Are we being really cynical, suggesting that the timeline's quite interesting, that this stuff starts to get leaked when it does? No, I don't think it's cynical. I think it's fair. I think, um, look, I mean, look, I was, I was on the one seeing, look, they're stringing us all along, this, that, and the other, and to, to an extent, I stand by that, but clearly, based on what came out in The Guardian a week and a half ago now, somebody somewhere is pretty confident this is gonna this is gonna go through this or or they're very desperate for it too and that was potentially a pressure play I don't know. I think um look I think um like we've said it and I think we've said it on here before but I've certainly certainly said it on Twitter. Um the crack was back in the summer that if they didn't get the money that they wanted they'll try to get promoted again unless somebody comes in and gives them the money. Now to me um it's they, they, they ever, the people in charge of football club have to be running out of money. The clubs, the clubs losing millions. Like I think it was it um, Ian Botham let slip what Rodwell had told him, saying it was something like four hundred and fifty grand a, a game, something Chris. like that. Eh? Was that a pun? Let slip. Oh, very good. Uh, should have been. Really. Should have been. But yeah, yes, but just say yes. <laughs> the, we'll try. I think we should. We'll keep away from Ian Botham related puns because we might we might end up in some very dodgy ground. How's that for a pun? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> right. Well, but no, but the, the club like the, the clubs losing money hand over fist and that. Like, um, I think it probably is reaching a point of desperation. Um, now, that's not to say that this isn't going to happen. Like, it might well happen. This this kid that they've got in. Might well be willing to pay the valuation or give them the deal they want. It just, I must say, I think it seems amazing that they've been trying to sell for, well, we all know, for, for a very long time. They've <clears> never <throat> had the deal that they wanted. And then now when we're getting to the crunch time, um, they've managed to get it. Look, I mean, <laughs> the way things have gone for our club, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it ends up going through and they end up being the big winners from this. But... I think we'll just have to wait and see. I think the, the big concern I've got is, um, or well, maybe not the big concern, but the thing that's a bit baffling to me is like people's excitement around Satori potentially being involved. Because to me, I mean, like, other than the fact that he's a reported billionaire, like what's, what on earth is there to get excited about with this bloke? Like he's been party to what's gone on over the last two years, whether he's been in, 
involved. I've not in... seen anybody get excited about it. I'll be honest. I've I don't seen know who quite. With. I've seen quite. Nah, I've seen quite a few people like saying, "Oh yeah, he's coming in to sort it out and this, that, and the other." And I don't know what that's based on. Um, well, my preference would be him and the rest. Didn't of he, the didn't he take over quite a large percentage of a club already for very minimal outlay? Pound, yeah. wasn't it? Twenty percent. And then, well, they might they might release something and disprove that. They might they might. Release something and disprove that later. But what but I thought that was the case. No, 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 that was the case. He got his shares for. I think he loaned money in on the better. I mean, what they'll probably do is threaten to sue us and then not do anything about it. So I think we'll be all right. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but, but I, I just I don't understand. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe I've I've spoken to the wrong people. But I've heard a few people saying like, oh yeah, he's coming in to sort it out. And I'm like, well, on what basis is he qualified to sort it out? Like, why why are we getting excited about this? And I think. Look like a lot of people have met this with cynicism, and a lot of people are like, "Well, if these guys are still around, it's not a takeover. If somebody buys more than fifty percent of the club, it is a takeover." But technically, yeah, yeah, but that's a thing. So the main point here in is in reality. Yeah, yeah, the main point here is who's going to be running the football club. Now we all know that there's people who have supposedly departed, stage left, who have much more involvement than is publicly stated. So I think until we know that, it's nothing to get excited over. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, lots of text messages flying around, as Gav said, and, you know, I think he... It's, it's interesting, isn't it? I think, is it... Why... why, why me be careful what I say. No, yeah. but I just think, why... <laughs> why is it that somebody with the least amount of power in that football club can dictate the message completely from top to bottom? It's infuriating, and people need to wise up to it across the board. And like people, people need to stop. Like you know, if they, if they receive some information from a certain person or certain people, maybe they should take it in the in the in the spirit it's intended, and that spirit is to, you know, manipulate a message, and that's what it's always been like. Think things. Is that of, message give Parkinson grief yeah, at the minute? Think, is that the message? Well, maybe it is. Who knows? I mean, he's done it. I mean, well, it's well, happened no, before. Well, it's happened before. Smoke it's happened, smoke it's it takes a pressure. Yeah, it takes a pressure off them. Yeah. Takes pressure off them and remember, it feeds who, into the narrative in, in that some of them fans are difficult. In when, when, and it gives them another excuse. In Sunderland till I die, you know who's who's milling about in the tunnel. You know, you know it's, it's not mm-hmm. it's not a, a secret that you know you've got somebody there like passing comment on like man, a manager's ability and like if if you're if you're like employed by that person and <clears> you've got the your employer like slagging you off to people all around you. You know who's to say he's not. This is, you know he's not doing. It, he's not doing it with this person. It, it's it's completely undermining and completely inappropriate. Yeah. But in a, in, a, in to be honest, I think I think it's scary like that. Sorry, carry on, Melissa. Oh no, I just think it's scary like that because I could just so imagine. Say for example, a third or fourth series came out, which obviously I haven't heard any plans about it. We didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, and we wouldn't have known unless that had happened, really. And you could just so imagine seeing in the distance of what we're kind of trying to um, unpick the, the facts of. If we saw in a couple of seasons' time, then you go, "Oh my God, we kind of thought this was going on," and then you see this kind of window into it for whatever kind of ridiculous reasons that they wanted to unveil the curtain of all the daft things that were going on and you could just so imagine that happening now now that you've seen it happening previously like that's all i can say is this kind of like clown academy behind well, closed I, doors because we've seen that it's been happening when we thought it was and then it was proven to the entire world well, i think like one of the most telling things in that documentary was after we signed greek they had that they had that scene with Stuart donald i think it was neil fox might have been someone else where 
he essentially admits that he has he's very doubtful that they can afford to keep running the club for another year in League One. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. still now people seem to <clears throat> swallow this narrative that the club's absolutely fine and fine financially and that there's nothing to worry about there. Like we're talking about Parkinson here. One of the big reasons why they won't sack him is because they don't they either can't afford to or they don't want to spend that money. Because it's gonna the club's mm-hmm. making no income. Once this American loan, which is still in place, once that's gone it's coming straight out of their pocket because the club's not making any money apart from like this like EFL bailout which isn't going to touch the sides so like the whole the whole premise of, of everything they've done has been you can't you can't I tried to put put this across last week like the problem we have is look this could be this could be as far down the line as they're claiming we could we could get off here now take our phones off flight mode and we've been taken over but the problem we have is none of us believe a word that we're told by the people in charge no. of the club. Like two years ago, we all talked about how there was a massive disconnect between club and fan. These people came in, they saw that, and they seized upon it. But to their shame, they they just exploited it to their own ends. Nothing, very little yeah. has been done at this football club in order to that that has been with the football club at the top of the at the top of the list. Like the primary objective has been for the better health of the football club. So why on earth now would someone involved in these negotiations be leaking out information to fan fans just to to be nice to fans it does it doesn't add up yeah. and until no, we know more <clears throat> until there, we there know are, more there are lots of reasons as well i think why it would benefit them if the parkinson takes the brunt of the pressure of from the fans now but lots of different reasons listen to obvious reasons why just think about that i think um just, it's, it's just right, a so complete arm, it's just today. a complete arm's length approach of the whole thing it's like it's let's keep the wolf from the door yeah. and that that's what the, but Gareth, you know, it's like what you said earlier about about jack ross we look at look at the timeline of when jack ross was like Stephen, me and you were sat down at lincoln three days before that sat in that sat in that pub and we all we all said, yeah, we thought it was time for him to go, but we couldn't see it happening. We were con- we didn't really see it happening because we weren't sure what was going on. The takeover fell through three days later. We had a match that night, and literally before the takeover's report was falling through, the club were tweeting out like the manager's view ahead of the night. By the time we kicked, by the time we kicked off, he's gone. Now it's either incredibly coincidental timing, or there was a there was an appropriate fall guy there. And don't rem- and don't, like don't forget what now, Jack Ross said is that it, it, it became apparent that the content of the meeting had changed. Yeah, you know he wasn't expect like I'm not yeah. saying that anyone that- expects to go into a room to get sacked, but I think there's probably I mean when we spoke to Terry Butcher, he, he knew the writing was on the wall. Like the, the it's the vibe Poyer? in that meeting. It's the look it's the, at, look at Poyer, the drag the drag Poyer to do Monday morning training, and the whole world knew that he was getting sacked in the afternoon. Everybody mm-hmm. knew he was getting sacked. So like you say, Gareth, he might not have known for definite, but he would have had a good idea it was coming. So for him to come out and say that, that the <clears> content <throat> changed, is because he's a professional bloke, that's as close as he's ever going to get to saying, this is not what the meeting was meant to be about. And also, rem- just mm-hmm. remember that... Well, that's a stupid thing. I just feel like it's super transparent. Sorry, go on. Listen, sorry. No, just I feel like... All the fans know what's going on, whether it's from a PR perspective or a communications perspective. We're not daft, and I sometimes feel like they think that we are, and I think for a long time they've kind of taken advantage of that. Some of them are. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa's right, though, and so are you, Stephen, because, like, a lot of people aren't daft, but then some people, look, like, you you think about it, a couple of years ago, if somebody had said, one of the owners of Sunday FC is talking to you and telling you stuff, you'd be lapping it up. You'd be like, oh, my God, like, have you heard this? Have you heard that? And that's, that's what... 
gets preyed on. Now it's been happening for yeah. a long time, and so, it's what gets preyed on. And now this this isn't to say that it's definitely not going to happen because none of us can predict that. Even people who are adamant it is going to happen until until they stood outside the stadium alive with a flag above their head, uh, with a scarf above their head. We don't know what's going to happen or it's not going to happen. But and that's why the engagement's rock bottom. Yeah. Because they don't that's trust. That's the issue. We don't trust people. And it's perfectly not truthfully. But we should be having these conversations and people should be cynical because anyone coming in should know that, look, these blokes got a free ride for over a year last time. They got a free ride. They victimised people who spoke out against them. And that's not just me speaking from my own experience. It, there's a, there was a lot of people saying it well before me. The victimised the victimized players. The, we, we did a podcast, Stephen Gareth. We did a podcast with Lee Howie the day they came in and we reacted basically live to the press conference that they did. Lee Howie came on because Lee Howie took no end of stick for sharing that he'd heard that they didn't have the money to do the job that was required. He's turned out to be bang on. So if people are raising criticism, raising concerns, it's not because they don't want to say the club do well, it's the exact opposite. And I think it's right to have this mindset. It's exactly the opposite. You also, do, do, you remember, do you remember when... And I'm um, up for Chris. I, I'm, I'm up. Do you remember when, uh, on the day that Ross was sacked... And obviously the takeover went down the toilet. Um, you know the, that Stuart Donald came on the radio and did the whole, or you know the worst thing. It kind of, I was, you know, I would say I'm mean, like Jack Ross is like my, I'd regard him as like a friend and all this kind of thing. It's like I'm sure, mate. Like it's just a, a load of twaddle. It's like you, you reckon he's getting a Christmas card off Jack Ross? Like his his good mate Stuart Donald? I don't think so. I just think, but the thing like, was, he said that he he didn't even sack him. It was Neil Fox who sacked him. So I mean, what does that tell you? Yeah, it tells you a lot of stuff. I think just what I'd like to say, Chris, just to go out is I am bang up for replacing scarf picks with flag picks. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the new. It's the new progressive thing that they should be doing um, in the media, and that would look great. We're having a massive. Yeah. Sort of flag around, or with a surfer flag spread across. You could do it like you know, like. That's, how about a sash? A sash, a cravat, from the terraces, cravat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with the badge on. If the rumours um, are true, like a sash, like a scout <laughs> sash, where you get all the little badges and stuff like that when you've achieved something. To be fair, it, it should be like. Um, if the rumours are true. No, go on, Chris. No, I was going to say if the rumours are true about how many people is going to have a share home, they'll be able to hold up a bloody surfer flag. <laughs> We'll, we'll need the whole South Stand to get them all in. So that should be like a colonisation. Like Gareth, where you, you can finish. You can where finish. You go and put your flag like a ceremonial thing. Like once you've taken the club over, you know, like when the Pope, when a new Pope's announced, obviously the the white smoke from the top. It could be like a ceremonial thing when a football club's taken over. Um, there's like they go and put like a flag in the uh, ground outside the stadium, like uh, like a colonisation sort of thing. <laughs> like, like, like Graham Sooners did yeah like time, Graham Sooners did or like um, the British oh, what did, it, what did Donald Trump do when yes. he won what was that sorry Melissa because he won by loads I'm just saying Donald Trump hasn't done that in the last two weeks he won by loads so <laughs> I'm expecting a, a flag implementation any day yeah, don't give my ideas you probably you probably have a go at that but <laughs> Um, we'll be back I think they're going to do Wednesday this week because we're playing Friday so a little bit longer for you to digest the upcoming Fleetwood game um, as always thanks for coming on Melissa um, for your debut I'm sure you'll be back soon and as Spotty always dog. thanks for listening